Gemara, Yibamot, Daf Ayin Chet. Our Masechet dedicated for the Refuah Shelema, Shimon Ben Simcha. El Narefanalo, El Narefanalo, Refuah Nefesh, Refuah Guf, Refuah Toker Valabo, Vechen Yiratzom, Benomar, Amen. And for the Hatzlacha of the wedding of Mickey Escava, it should be B'Sha'at Tova, Muslachat, and the new couple, Shiev, will build Bayit Ne'eman B'Yisrael. Amen. We begin today's daf on Ayin Zayin Amud Bet, and we are going to start from the Tanur Abanam, which is about four lines from the bottom. So we're talking about Rebbe Girim, Girim from Mitzrayim, or the Adumim. So it says, Banim, the Pasuk says, Banim asher yivaledu lahem, that the children that are going to be born from them, Ador shilishi lahem bekal. So the third generation uh, could come into the Kal. Now it says Banim. So Banim sounds like only the boys are going to be us. Now we actually had an opinion like that in the Mishnah, Rabbi Shimon, that said, when it comes to this Mitzri restriction, it's only the boys and not the girls. That's Rabbi Shimon's opinion. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said no. The Pasuk says, children that are going to be born. Well, girls are just as born as boys. And therefore, the fact that it says, so it's including uh, girls as well. So that's the mahlok between the Bishamon and the Biyudah. The Bishamon's medayek the word banim, and the Biyudah's medayek the word yivalidu, that are born. Amar Rabbi Yohanan, ilab de Amar Rabbi Yehudah hakatuv, tela'an beleda'a, if Rabbi Yehudah would not have uh, said this dirash, that it's dependent on who is born, and therefore even the kevot, Mitzriot are going to be asurot to come into the congregation. Lo which means he would not be able to uh, uh, stand technically in the bet hamidrash because another ruling that he made. Why? Kevan de Amar Mor, because Rabbi Yehuda made another statement. Kehal Gerim Ikri Kahal. So here you go. We have an issue over here of certain people are not allowed to come into the kahal. Okay, now the million dollar question is, what is kahal? Who is the kahal? So Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is that the gerim are actually called kahal. So whenever we're forbidding somebody to come into a kahal, they cannot marry converts either. So mitzri sheni bimai yitar. And here you're going to go, you're going to have a problem over here. If you have a Mitzri Sheni, second generation Egyptian, so now you got to get to a third generation. So he's got to marry somebody. Well, hold it. Who's he going to marry? So you'll say, well, let him marry a, a convert. No, he cannot marry a convert because a convert is Kehal Hashem. So who's the Mitzri Sheni going to marry to get to a Mitzri Shilishi, which is Permissible. Let him marry a regular Israel. Hasbun Shalom, a regular Israel is also Kahal. So therefore, the fact that the Yehuda came along and said that the ladies are also forbidden, so that's who he could marry now. He could marry a Mitzri Sheni, will marry a Mitzrit Sheni, let's say, for that matter, 
and the kid will be a shilishi. But if you're going to come and tell me that the ladies are not part of that uh, 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 restriction, so how are you going to ever get to a mitzvah shilishi? A mitzvah shilishi will not be able to marry anybody. <laughs> Everybody's forbidden to him. Gideon are forbidden to him. Regular people are forbidden to him. A lady mitzvah is forbidden to him because she's not included in the isud. So therefore, the Gemara is saying, if it wasn't for the fact that the Yehuda forbade the ladies as well, we wouldn't have to get out of this. This, 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 this dilemma over here. How are you ever going to get to Mitzis Shilishi? Who is the Mitzis Shini going to marry? So the Gemara says, what's the problem? You can't give me a case that you can get to a Mitzis Shilishi? The Gemara says, Dilma di Abad the Nasiv. He made Isur. <laughs> the Mitzishini married a, 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 a whoever, a, 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 a Bat Yisrael or a Giyorit, and they had a kid. I mean, who, who, who said over here that we're talking about, you know, a, uh, a, a, a good marriage? I mean, it was an illegal marriage. So the Gemara says, De'i lo ketiv No, the, the Pesukim, the Torah doesn't give you B'di'avad, if you made an Isur. The Torah, when it says Mitzishilishi, it's talking about a case where you did it legitimately. The Torah doesn't give you cases of Isud. The Torah, what are you talking about? The Torah always gives you cases of Isud. Hare Mamzer. Doesn't the Torah talk about a Mamzer? Now, Di'i, it's obviously a Di'i. It's only a case that it happened. A man goes with an Ishit Ish. I mean, that's not an optimum case, obviously. That's an Isud. And the Torah tells you that's, what comes, that's a Mamzer. V'chat Vakira. So, no, Di'i le Isura Ketiv. No, for sure, the Torah is going to give you scenarios of how somebody can come forbidden. The Torah will tell you. But to come and give me a heter, look at it. Because here the Torah is trying to tell me, how do you get a mitzvah who's mutab? The Torah is not going to say, oh, let a mitzvah make an isur and marry somebody that's forbidden to him and you'll get a heter called a mitzvah they're not coming to tell you that. When it comes to Mamzer, the Torah is coming to tell you, if this relation happens, there's an Isur. Okay? The Torah will tell you that all the time. But the Torah is not going to come along and tell you, hey, you want to get a Mitzri Shilishi who is permissible? Do this. Let the Mitzri Shilishi marry a Isur to him and you'll get a permissible result. That the Torah doesn't do. The Torah says, what are you talking about? Mazir Gerushato. When a guy takes back his divorced wife after she got married, which is obviously a suit. You only have to take the, the wife back if she didn't get married to anybody else in between. But here is Mahzigiru Chateau after she got married in between. And then what? That case is the lehetera. That's a case of e lehetera, which we're talking about over here. That, and then the, the guy died or got divorced. And that's a case of What are we writing uh, uh, over here? We're writing the Gabe his the Pasuk says, Lo harishon, lekahta, ki hu. It says because it is a an abomination. And the Gabara says that Dapka it's a to'eva, aval banea enam to'avim. Which means if they uh, got remarried and uh, they had uh, children, uh, the daughter is not going to be pasul lekehuna. The, ch- the daughter will be permissible to marry a kohen. Which the pasul says toebahi, as if to say she's a toebah because she went back and married, you know, her original husband. But the children, the daughter is not going to be toebah. 
So that's the case of what? Hetir, where you're telling me the kid is permissible to marry Kohanim, and that's a Bidiyabad, because the guy with the Medi Isur. So you give me a case where a guy was Ma'zir Gerushato, which is obviously Bidiyabad, and what? The result is permissible. I thought the Torah doesn't give me those type of uh, cases. So Gabara says, Mishum Ikar No. The, the, the main point of the Torah is to tell me the Isur. That Ma'zigir lo yuchal ba'ala, to take her back. Agav, we make a diuk from the Pasuk. To'eba hi velo bita. But that's not the main part of the Pasuk. The main part of the Pasuk was really to come and tell me the Isur, not the Heter. Uh, okay, so that's the scenario over here. The Gemara basically asked the question and said that it's a good thing that the Bihuda said that Mitzri is ben bezecharim, ben benekevot, it applies to men and women equal, because that will give us a scenario where the Mitzri Sheni can marry a Mitzri Sheni, and the child will be permissible, and the marriage was permissible between the two Mitzris, and the Torah doesn't have to talk about the Abad, which it doesn't do, and therefore the result is going to be heter. Very good. Now the Gemara continues, Tanu Rabbanan. Again, we're talking about the Mitzri and the Adomi. Banim Ashir Yivaldedul, I'm just calling you the Pasuk. Dor Shilishi Yavolahem Bekal Hashem. Third generation can come into Kahal Hashem. Im Ne'emar Banim, Lama Ne'emar Dorot. Because the Pasuk says, Banim Ashir Yivaldedulahem, Dor Shilishi. The Pasuk could have just said, Ben Shilishi. I mean, why do you have to write Dor Shilishi? Ben Shilishi, the third, the third kid. Why are you writing the word Dor? Dorot. And if the Torah uses the word Dorot, Banim. The Pasuk just could have said over here, Dor Shilishi Yavonahem Bekalashem. Which means either use the word Dor or use the word Ben. The Torah uses both Lishanot over here. Banim Dor Shilishi Yavo. What's both? Uh, terminologies. Because you need both. In ne'emar banim velo ne'emar dorot. Because if it would have said banim and it didn't say dorot, haiti omer ben rishon v'sheni asur shilishi mutar. I would have thought. I would have thought it's the same guy. The first two kids that he has are forbidden, and the third kid will be permissible. <clears throat> Therefore, the kach ne'emad dorot. That's what I said. No, it's not referring to the third kid. It's referring to generations. However, v'im ne'emad dorot. But if it just said dorot, v'no ne'emad banim. Haiti omer leotana omdim al har Sinai. I would have said that maybe Davka, those that stood at har Sinai, that were in Mitzrayim. So therefore, they have this law that they can't take Egyptians. Because why? Because they experienced Mitzrayim. They know what it is. Therefore, the Torah is saying, you got to keep away from them for generations. Therefore, I would say, that door. Door, Kabbalat Torah. Door, Har Sinai. So therefore, it comes along and says <coughs> that it refers to Banim, Ashi, Vanidulahim. That's referring to even the uh, children uh, this is going to apply to, not only to the generation of the Midbar.
Look at Rashi. Ve'im nomar dos shilishi ve'lo nomar banim. Ha'iti omer ve'otam Yisraelim ha'omdim al har Sinai hu omer dor shilishi shalachem yabolahem bekal. Kilomad bachem u'bibenechem asurim misri ve'adumi. Abal bepine banim mutarim u'misham bahala Right, I would have said that after the three generations from Har Sinai, that's it, the law doesn't apply anymore. That refers to even the future, uh, the future children. Now the Gebarat comes along and is continuing to Doresh. It says, So the Gebarat wants to be Doresh lahem, to, to, to them. So it says, Mehem Maneh. Which means, mehem, you start to count from the ger itself. Which is, how do you count three generations? So the kadush is that the first Egyptian that converted, he's one. His child is two. The grandchild is three. Don't think that you start to count from the child. Banim lahem. You don't start from the banim lahem. Actually, G1 is the original convert. He's the original generation one. Therefore, it says, mehem. From them, maneh, start counting. Now it says, lahem, because it says, banim asher yivaledu lahem. So it says it twice. It says, dor shilishi yavod lahem bekal Hashem. But before that it says, banim asher yivaledu lahem. So what is that lahem coming to teach me? Halach ahad pesulo. You go, pesulam. You go after the uh, parent that has the psul, that has the Blemish. So, for example, a Mitzri Shon marries a, a Bat Yisrael. So, therefore, you go after the Psul. And therefore, it's considered a Mitzri. And the kid is going to have a Deen of Mitzri Sheni. Even though the mother's got no Psul. The mother's a Bat Yisrael. We don't go after the mother. We go after the Psul. Or it's a, a Yisrael married a Mitzrit Nishona. The reverse case. So, the kid is going to go after the mother in this case, which is Mitzrit. And then we're going to have a deen of Mitzri, Shini. So you always go after the Psul. And that's what the Psul comes along and says, Lahem. Lahem, and you go after them. Lahem. We need the Psul to teach Lahem that it starts from the Ged himself. That's G1. And the Psul also has to say that they, those that were born. If it just would have said that they are born, right? I would have thought you start from the kids. Maybe that's considered generation one. Therefore, no, from them. <coughs> Meaning the first generation is actually the <coughs> convert himself. <coughs> if the pasuk would have just said lahem. Haba Amina, I would have thought, Mitzrit me'uberet shenit gayira. Let's say you have a Mitzrit, and she was pregnant, and she converted. Now when she converts, so therefore her child automatically is considered converted with her. So he ubena had. I would have thought that that child that's inside of her is still considered generation one, even after she's born. Because bottom line, she converted with her mother. And therefore, she's part of her mother. And therefore, I would not have thought that when she's born, she's considered generation two. That's why it says, in the birth. And therefore, since bottom line, she wasn't born at the time of the conversion. 
and she was born after, she's considered generation two. It says the word lahem to teach me that we follow the psul. We always follow the blemish of the two parents. By mamzer it says, Dor Asiri Lo Lo And from that Pasuk we learn that in the case of Mamzer, you go after the Psul as well. So why do I need two Pasukim to teach me that you go after the Psul? One by Mamzer and one by Mitzri. Because if the Torah only wrote it by Mitzri, I would have said, Mishum Deba Mitipa Pesula. Because this uh, Mitzri. Uh, his uh, this 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 child came from uh, uh, a goy, which is a suit to come into the congregation. So therefore, that's why I would say you go after the psul because that's a real psul, which means the, the, the goy is coming from tipa pesula. He's from uh, he's from goyim. In that case over there, I'm going to say that you you follow the psul of the father because that's a serious psul. He came from tipa pesula from a from a uh, 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 an invalid. Uh, uh, <coughs> origin. However, Abal Mamzer, Dipa Betipa Keshera. The Mamzer, his father, the father of the Mamzer, is a regular Jew. Nothing wrong with the father. <laughs> Again, the Yisudah that he went with the Eshedish, but the father himself came from Tipa Keshera. So therefore, I might have thought that you don't uh, go after the Emma uh, law. Uh, I might not have thought you go after him, even though uh, he has a uh, 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 Mamzer. And therefore, because Yisrael Kasher. So therefore, I would have thought that even though the father is a Mamzer, maybe you don't go after him, because he's Tipa Kesherah. Kamash no, you still go after the Mamzer. And if the Torah only would have told it to me by Mamzer, I would have said, Mishum de'en le'olam. Which means, because it's such a psul Mamzer, that once you have it, you can never get out of it, it's going to be forbidden him, his children, his grandchildren, forever. Therefore, you got to go after the psul. Aval haka, by Mitzri and Adumi, where the third generation is permissible, emalo. Maybe I would think it's not such a great issue if you don't have to go after the psul. Maybe you can go after the the other the, the, the other spouse that's actually legitimate. Therefore, no, even by Mitzri, that has this leniency, if they exist in a marriage, you got to go after the psul, and the kids are going to take on that Okay, so you have a Mitzri Sheni. That's the second generation. And he married a Mitzri Rishona. No problem. According to uh, the Biyuda, we learned already, that marriage is 100% legal. The question is, what is the kid? So it says, Bena Shilishi Havai. So the kid is going to go and become a Shilishi. Which sounds like what? It's going after the father. Because the father is a Mitzri Sheni. And then the kid will become a Mitzri Sheni. Alma Kasabar, Batar That we throw the kid after the father. Kibra says, wait, Mativ Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Tarfon Omer. Famous uh, case at the end of Masikat Kiddushin. Rabbi Tarfon said, I could kosher mamzerim. 
What's the way we kosher mamzerim? Shlomoamelech said, kisip metahed mamzerim. Okay, you pay the rabbi off in the kosher mamzerim, but that's not a legitimate way. This way over here is ketzad mamzer nasa shifha. You take the mamzer and marry him off to a shifha kena'anit, which is okay. Shifha is not kahal, therefore marry off to the shifha kena'anit. And what? They have a child. The Havalad Evid. We know that the child of a Shifcha goes after the mother. And therefore the child of Shifcha becomes Evid. And since he's an Evid, he's not a Mamzer. Because Mamzer is only by Yisrael. So now you got a full-fledged Evid. Now what do you do? Shechrero. Free the Evid. And now he becomes a full-fledged Yisrael without Mamzerut. Nimsa ben Chorim. Very good. That's how you kosher mamzerim. But what do you see from over here? Alma batar dida shadin This is the case where you're going after the mother. Because again, the mamzer married the shifcha. And now you have a kid. What's the kid? The kid is a evid. That means he's going after the mother. What are you talking? You just told me by the case of the mitzri that you go after the father. Shani hatam. Yabra says different over there. Because there we have a gezerat the katuv. Tamar kera ha'isha v'iladeha t'yeh ladoneha. Over there we have a gezerat the katuv that says ha'isha v'iladeha that the child, the wife, which is the shifcha, and the children belong to the master, which means they are avadim. In the kadami, really, we go after the father. Here we have a gezerat the katuv. Mativ Rava Amar Yehuda. We have another question. From Rabbi Yehuda. What did it say Rabbi Yehuda said? Minyamin ger mitzri. Minyamin was a ger mitzri. Hayali haver mitalmideh Rabbi Akiva. He was a, a friend of mine. And uh, he was of the students of Rabbi Akiva. Amar, he said, Ani mitzri dishon. I am generation one mitzri. Benasati mitzri dishona. And I married mitzri dishon. I married generation one mitzri I will marry off my son, who is a generation two. I will marry him off to a generation two as well. G2 to G2. So my grandson will be a G3 to be permissible to come to the Kahal. The Gemara is going to ask, what are you talking? Why does Minyamin have to say that his uh, son, that is a... A G two has to marry a G two. Let him marry a G one also. If you if you're going after the father, what do I care who he marries? Why does he have to marry a generation two? Even if he marries a generation one, if we're going after the father, so therefore it's still going to be a generation three. says, You're going to say go after the father. Minyamin should say, let my son, who's a generation two, marry a generation one mitzrit. What's the difference? Why is there a generation two mitzrit? If you're going after the father anyway, what do I care? The Gebra says, you're right. Ha-amar le-rabiyohanan, le-tana, according to that tana that said you go after the father, in a chenameh, you could learn rishona. You could even learn that Binyamin said that his son can marry a Mitzit Nishona and still the grandson will be permissible because he goes after the father. In Agadami, Tini Nishona. Don't state in that story that 
I have to marry her off to him off to a shini. You can even marry him off to a rishona. Ki atar abdimi when abdimi came. Amar Yohanan misli shini shenatsa misli rishona. So you have a G two mitzlid married a G one mitzlid bena shini havai. Oh, what do you see from over here? It says the kid is considered generation two. Alma, what do you see from this? Batar shadinan le. That we're going after the mother. Because the mother was a G1. And it says that the kid's going to be a Shani. They was forbidden to come into the Ikahal. And the logic is, because the Bi'olan holds, Batar shadinan le. So the Gemara says... Wait, you're going to come and tell me that what? What's the reason of Rabbi Yohanan? Why do we put it after the mother, according to Rabbi Yohanan? It's not like what we said earlier. Earlier we said we go after the father. Now we're going after the mother. What's the logic? The Gemara over here is going to assume because it's working with the famous principle, Ubar Yerich Imo. What does that mean, Ubar Yerich Imo? That the Ubar, the fetus, is considered an organ of the, of the mother. So therefore... You're going to take the child and put him after the mother because she's, he's considered an organ of the mother. It's not a separate entity. And therefore, if you hope that the fetus is an organ of the mother, that's why you go after her. So the Gabriel is going to say, wait, you can't hold that. The Buhanan holds because we see by a different case, he doesn't agree with that, Sevara. Why? Rabbi Hanan taught us like a big korban. Hifrish chatat me'uberet. Okay. He designated a korban chatat. An animal happened to be the korban chatat. The animal was pregnant. So it says, Viyalda. And guess what? It gave birth. Now you got two animals in front of you. Ratsam mit kaper ba. Ratsam mit kaper bivlada. So Rabbi Hanan says, pick them. You could choose whatever you want. You could either get kapara from the mother or you get kapara with the child. If you're going to hold that the uba, the fetus, is not considered part of the mother, that's like a case where you designated two korbanot for insurance. And therefore the law is, if you have two separate korban, you get to use whichever one you want. And therefore, if you consider them distinct, that's why the Muhanan comes along and says, you can choose whichever one you want, and the other one let it graze. That is the law. But if you hold that the ubar is actually yerich imo, and therefore that khatat is considered one, with the mother, Vlad Hatat. So that's going to be considered what? When you designated the Hatat. So therefore, you designated a Hatat that has a Vlad inside that's part of the mother. It's not considered distinct and separate. And we know the law is Vlad Hatat Lemita Azil. The Vlad of a Hatat, you must put it to death. And therefore, how can it be your say you can be compared with it? Ishtik. Levdimi had no answer. So let's review the question outside. You just told me, Rabbi Yohanan, that when it comes to the Mitzri, you go after the mother. And therefore, since the mother was a Rishona, the kid is going to be a Shiliyah. Why? What are you talking? 
Because he holds that when you consecrate a hatat me'uberet for a korban hatat, you get to use whichever one you want. Therefore, why you see that what they're distinct. It's not considered ubar yerichimo. You pick whichever one you want, and then the other one that graze. Because if you held ubar yerichimo, then it's considered what? You designated the mother, and she was pregnant, and the law is a vlad, a child that comes from a hatat. You cannot bring it as a hatat. The law is yamut. So make up your mind. Does he hold ubar yerichimo or not? So Abaye tells Abdimi, maybe by the case of the Mitzri, it's different. Since over there we have a Gizrat, the Torah is telling us it goes after the mother who is the one that gives birth to them. That really I could argue... And that's why by the Korban Chattat you get to bring whichever one you want. Aye. So why do you go after the mother if Ubar Lav Yerichimo? Gazhak. Gazhak. Gezerat Katuf. And what's the Gezerat Katuf? And therefore goes after the mother who births them, who gives birth to them. So Rabdimi tells Abaye, sharp language. Karkafta. Karkafta means the, you know, the brain. Adam Hashuv. I saw your head was, under, was by the beams of the Bet Midrash. When Rabbi Hanan said this uh, statement. What is he saying over here? You didn't say this on your own. You were in the Bet Midrash when Rabbi Hanan made this statement, which means that is the reason of uh, Rabbi Hanan. That's the, that's the reason. You're right. It's because of Banim Asher Yivalidu that you heard from Rabbi Yohanan. The Gemara says, wait. Now the Gemara is going to ask on this. Only because it says Yivalidu. And therefore you go after the mother. But as a general rule, you go after the father. Because we're going to hold That's the case. You have a Goya. And she's pregnant and she converted. Bena en the child does not need tevilah. Why? Because you must hold ubar yerech imo. And therefore, just like you don't have to dip every organ of the lady, once she dips, her whole body is, is kosher. So the, the, the kid is an organ as well. She's yerech imo. And therefore, amai en sarich tevilah. Why not? The is asking. If you're actually holding ubar lav yerech imo, when the kid's born, he should need a separate conversion. So therefore, your only reason why you're telling me by Mitzri, you go after the mother, is it the katul. I should leave But generally speaking, you don't go after the mother, because Ubar lab yerechimu. So then why doesn't the kid need a separate conversion? According to the Torah, 
רובו הוא מקפיד עליו חוצץ. רובו שאינו מקפיד עליו, אינו חוצץ. From the Torah law, in order for something to be considered a חציצה, an interposition in the מקווה, which means that will be considered a, uh, 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 it will invalidate the תבילה, it has to be on the majority of the body, and the person has to be מקפיד, which means he does not want it there. Guy's got ink on the majority of his body, he obviously doesn't want it there, so that's going to be considered a חציצה. That's called רובו ומקפיד. However, רובו שאינו מקפיד, let's say it's on the majority of his body, but he doesn't care. He doesn't care, so therefore it's not going to be a problem. And therefore, let's go back. Maybe I can say ובר לב ירך אימו. Aye, so why doesn't this kid need a tevilah? You know why he doesn't need a tevilah? Because he dipped. He made a tevilah. What do you mean he made a tevilah? His mother is a chatzitzah. Yeah, but the kid's not makpeed on this chatzitzah. On the contrary, he's very happy to have that chatzitzah. Uh, because that's, that's how he's living. He's living with that shield of his mother's body. And therefore, it could be that he's considered a separate entity. And the reason why he doesn't need to dip, because he dipped already. How did he dip? There's a chatzitzah. There's no chatzitzah. The kid clearly is not makpeed on the mother that is interfering between him and the water. So the Yavara says, Wait. It's true that the rabbi said rubo is no problem, but not kulo. And in the case of the baby in the mother's womb, it's not a chatzitza on rov, it's a chatzitza on kol. After all, the whole of the body of the baby is being covered by the mother. And there's a law that says, if it's rubo ve'eno makpid, it's okay, but not kulo. So we're back to the question. Why doesn't the kid need a tevilah? But our answers, shani ubad, ha'inu rebite. That, since that's the way the child grows, that's his natural habitat, even kulo is not considered a hatzitzah. Therefore, there is no problem and therefore we can say really, Ubad lav And the reason why the child does not have to convert, because it's actually, he dipped already. How did he dip? His mother's blocking him. It's not considered a block because he's not makpid. Aye, but it's a block of kulo. Yeah, a block of kulo is not a problem if that's where he grows, if that's where he is being developed. Hainu And therefore it's not considered a hatsi. When Ravin came from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, Amar Rabbi Yohanan. Okay, new law. Ba'umot. When it comes to umot, umot is nations. Outside of the seven uh, nations of, uh, that we had to destroy in Eretz Yisrael, Kedani, Hiti, Emuri, Perizig, Gashi. Regular nations. When it comes to nations, Halach achar hazakar. You go after the male. Nidgayiru. If they converted, again, from different nations of the world. Halach achar pagum shibishnehem. You go after the blemished of the two. Rabotai, don't be nervous. The Gemara is going to explain exactly what this case is. Baruch atah, Tomayim, Hanumel Chalam, Shakulam.
When it comes to umot, you go after the male. Somebody comes from one of the nations, not from the seven nations of Canaan. So he goes with a lady from the Canaanite people. Now when it comes to the lady of the Canaanite people, we have a law. That we're not allowed to keep them alive. So it says, ben. Now, there's a big question. If the kid's going to go after the mother, that kid is going to be a Kana'ani, and therefore we got to knock him off. If he goes after the father, okay, then he goes after whatever the father is, then he's okay. So it says, You could buy him as a slave, and you're not obligated to kill him. That means what? Go after the fathers. The father is not a Kana'ani. The kid does not become a Kana'ani either. How do you know that's the case? From the Toshavim, from the settlers that are living amongst you. That means the settlers are from other nations. And therefore, they lived in Eretz Israel and they married the locals. So therefore, the Toshavim that married locals, it says, Mehem Tiknu. You can buy from there, Banim. That shows you what? That when a settler comes and marries a local in Kena'an, it goes after the settler. And therefore, goes after the Goy, which is Umotauna. Yachol afilu echad mina Kena'anim sheba'al achat mina Umot. Go the other way. Let's say a Kena'ani went with a girl from one of the other nations. Beholid ben, and they had a son. She'atad ashay liknoto be'ebed. Are you going to be allowed to buy him as a slave and not have to kill him? Tamud lomar. Asher holidu be'artsechem. When they gave birth in your land. So then it teaches me only minanoladim only from the children that were born from other nations in your land. They came from outer town and they were born in your land. And not from children that Kena'anim had in different places and then they came back to Kena'an to live with their family. In those cases, we're not going to allow to marry. means from children that Kena'anim had in different, because Kena'anim went, they went to marry, uh, I don't know where, they went to a different nation, and they got married. And then what? They had a kid. And then the kid went back to move to Kena'an. And then with that one, you're not able to. Because again, the Kena'ani, he goes out to marry a girl from somewhere else. The, the Toshav comes to Kena'an to get married. So therefore, the Pasuk says, If they gave birth in by you, that means it's a goy that came to Kena'an to get married. The other cases, no, they gave birth out of town. They gave birth out of town, because the Kanani went out of town to get married to a girl, had the kid out of town, the kid moved back. So he's garim ba'artzichem, not noladim ba'artzichem. That's going to be for Beren. Nitgayeru halachachar pagum shebenehem. Now, if they converted, beautiful case. Now you got two converts, and they both have pegams. So how do you judge the kid? So you take the bigger of the pegams, and the kid gets the bigger of the pegams. 
Now, Gemara gives some interesting cases. Bimai, what's the case? Idima b'mitzri shenasa amonit. Okay, so you have over here a mitzri married an amonit. And what are you going to say over here? Who's the who's the bigger pegam over here? Well, the bigger pegam obviously is the uh, mitzri, because a amonit has no pegam. Amonit, we said, is permissible to come into the congregation. So the Gemara is going to come along and say, "My pagum itba." What's the case? Amonit is not considered peguma at all. The Gemara is saying amonit velo amonit. Therefore, it's pagum shibishnehem. You've got to give me a case where they both have a pagum, and you're picking the worse. In the case of a Mitzri to an Ammonit, it's only one pagum, the Mitzri. It's not pagum shibishnehem. When we say pagum shibishnehem, it means you've got to give me a case where you have two, a husband and a wife, and both have a pegam, and now you've got to pick the bigger of the two. In the case of a Mitzri to Ammonit, the Ammonit is permissible. So it's only the mitzri that has to pegam. It's not pegum she So that cannot be the case. Imantem? Yes. Ela. You know what the case is? Be'amoni she'nasa mitzrit. Okay, now you're talking. You have an amoni that married a mitzri. Now they're both pagum. You got the amoni and you got the mitzri. Now, izacharave. Now let's see what the kid is. If the kid comes out to be a boy, put him after the Amoni, because you have to put it after the worst one. And the Gabe Amoni, Amoni is forbidden to come into the Kahal. And therefore, if it's a boy, you got to put him after the father, and therefore that kid's going to be banned forever. However, now if it's a girl, now the Gabe girl, the Amoni is not the bigger Pegam. Adraba, if you're going to put him after the father's army, the kid's going to be permissible. So therefore, if it's a girl, throw him after the mother. And therefore, she'll be considered second generation and she'll be forbidden until the next generation. If you, again, always look at the child and then put him in the worst scenario. Put him in the bigger of the pegam. So a boy, Amoni, is a bigger pegam because he cannot come into the cow. At all. They can be a girl, Amoni is not a pegam, because Amonit is permissible, so therefore throw her after the Mitzrit, which is the mother. Okay, Rabotai, and now we move on to the new Mishnah. Matnitin. Mamzerin. Nitinin. Nitinin are those converts from the Giv'onim that came in the times of Yoshua. Uh, they masqueraded themselves as if they came from a far-off place. Ultimately, Yoshua accepted them, but it was under a false pretense. But once he accepted them, he didn't, you know, uh, send them back and kill them. So the law is that we're not allowed to marry into the Nitinim, cannot come into the Kahal. The Isudan Isud Olam. It's a Nowhere in the Torah does it say that Mamzerim are forbidden forever. So the Mishnah is coming to tell us that they're forbidden forever. In our Bible, all it says is that there are Asu ten generations. Sounds like that G11 should be permissible. But the Mishnah is coming along to say, Isudan, Isud Olam, Ehad Zecharim, Ve'had 
whether it's male or female, like Amar Eshtakish, Mamzeret Le'ahar Asara Dorot Muteret. Big Hidush of Eshtakish. He says a Mamzeret, female Mamzeret, after 10 generations, that's it, she's back in. Now where did he learn this from? That a Mamzeret after 10 generations is permissible. Yaliv Asiri Asiri Me'amoni Umu'avi. We have a Gezira Shava, Asiri Asiri. It says 10 generations by Mamzer. It says 10 generations by Amon and Moab. Just like by Amon and Moab. Nekebot Mutarot. We know that Amon and Moab Nekebot are permissible. Afkan Nekebot Mutarot. So too by Mamzer we'll say ladies are permissible. But I says, wait, so you're learning a big hadushia that ladies are permissible just like Ammoni ladies are permissible, the Moabi ladies, because we have Gezira Shabbat, Asiri, Asiri. So the Gabbara says, if that's the case, well, by Ammoni they're permissible immediately. They don't have to wait 10 generations. So maybe by Mamzeret it'll be permissible immediately. No, the Gezerah Shabbat kicks in from 10 generations and on. Meaning, the Torah clearly said, Mamzer. Mamzer we learned earlier is Mumzar. Mumzar means blemish. So for sure, if it's a boy or a girl, it's blemished. And the Torah says 10 generations. The question is what happens after 10 generations. After 10 generations, we're going to say that it's going to be permissible, just like Amon is permissible. It's not going to be permissible immediately, because Torah says 10 generations. <coughs> but what? The Gizirah will help us, that after 10 generations, it'll be permissible. It means ladies will be permissible. Clearly it says, Mamzirim are forbidden forever, male and female. Arguing on Ishtakish. La kashya. Ha keman de amar. Don mina umina. Ha keman de amar. Don mina ve uke beatra. So this is a big mahloket, an old mahloket. Exactly when you're making gizira shabaz, how do gizira shabaz work? So there's one opinion that says, Don mina umina. Which means like this. We're learning now by Mamzer, it says, Dor Asiri. It says Asiri. Ten generations. Now, how do I know ten generation means forever? Doesn't say forever, it just says ten generations. You know how I know ten generation means forever? I know it from Amon and Moab. Because by Amon and Moab, it says, Dor Asiri, the Olam. So therefore, I make a Gezerah Shabbat to learn what? That the Dor Asiri of Mamzer is Le'olam from Dor Asiri of Amon and Moab. That's the learning. So the teacher is Amon and Moab. It's teaching me a law of Mamzer. Don Mineh. Now once I learn, now Umina, now I apply uh, rules from inside. Meaning, now I have the Limud. So I say that what? The Gezerah Shabbat, I could come now and say in the parasha itself, 
that a mamzeret after 10 generations is going to be permissible. Which means, because once I learned from, uh, from uh, Ammon and Moab, what does Ammon and Moab only forbid me? Men, not ladies. And therefore, I can now apply the law of Ammon and Moab even further to mamzeret. Not only am I going to learn the Gezerah Shabbat, but I'm going to take the details. And I'm going to take the details from where I'm learning from. Don mina umina. How do I know it's le'olam? I know le'olam. I'm saying it doesn't say le'olam. I know it's from Amon and Moab. Beautiful. And I keep on going to Amon and Moab. Umina. Amon and Moab is only men, not ladies. Beauty. Take that detail from Amon and Moab and also apply it to where I'm learning from. And therefore, ladies will be permissible after 10 generations. And what's the other sad say? No. Don mina uki beatra. Yeah, of course you could learn from Ammon and Moab what ten generation means. Ten generation means forever. Good. Now once I have that, stick to Ammon and Moab or stick to Mamzer. Stick to your local Mamzer and apply the laws of Mamzer. And by Mamzer, it does not make a look between men and women. And therefore, men and women are going to be forbidden forever. Which means you don't apply the details of from where you're learning from. You just get the limud from where you're learning from, and then you follow the rules locally by mamzev. Don mina umina. Uki beatra. Uki beatra means, and keep it in its place. It's a big, big balance. Am I explaining clear enough, Rabbi Odpam. When you have two, two, uh, 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 I have a known and an unknown. My known is Amon and Moab. Amon and Moab, everything is clear to us. I know it only applies to men, not to ladies. I know when it says 10 generations, it's Le'olam. Beautiful. My unknown is Mamzer. So Mamzer just says 10 generations. But is that Le'olam? So I have a Gezer HaShavah. And everybody learns this Gezer HaShavah. How do I know that Mamzer is forever? Gezer HaShavah, that nobody argues. Gezer HaShavah, that's a straight up. It's the, the, I'm learning from uh, Amon and Moab teaching me to Mamzer. The question is, what's the next step? The next step says, well, now that already you applied knowledge from Amon and Moab, learn more knowledge. Don mina umina. Learn some details. And since the details of the origin is men yes, ladies no, apply that to Mamzer as well. And say that after 10 generations, because it does say 10 generations, after 10 generations, ladies don't apply. That's actually the Shlakish. Don mina umina. The other rabbi says, no. Don mina, yeah. Learn from Amon and Moab the pirush of 10 generations, which means forever. But then uki beatra. And then stay local. And now learn the laws in itself. Don't apply every law of Amon and Moab to mamzer. And therefore, this Torah is not mehalek by mamzer between Men and woman, it will apply to men and woman in perpetuation. Okay, that's that. Sha'alu et Rabbi Eliezer. Mamzeret le'ahar asaradare mahu. Okay, now a question. You have a mamzeret. After 10 generations, What's the law? Amar Lehem, Surah Bidi Ezzah says, Mi ten li dor shilishi v'ataharenu. Wow. He said, what are you waiting 10 generations for? Give me a mamzer after the third generation, and I will purify him. Which means, 
you don't have a case of ten. You'll never get to ten. Already I can be taherim at three. Alma kasavar mamzeret lo hayeh. That's what he holds. Not that you can kosher him, but a mamzer will not live. Minashamayim, they make decrees against the mamzerim that they will not live because God does not want them to intermarry with B'nai Yisrael and ruin the families. So basically we are saying, from your third generation, which means you're not going to find them. You think you're going to get 10 generation mamzer? They're going to be knocked out by the time you get to generation three. Why? Because Borei Olam puts gezerot on the mamzerim. Just read the Rashi over here uh, if you want to read it. Mi yiten li dor shilishi. Shilomar, dabar shi'i et sharhu. Right, why? Lo chayet. Shilo yitzmeu kesherim bedorotav. Right. Those Baruch Hu doesn't want the families to be uh, compromised and therefore not going to, you know, cause the intermarriage. Alma kasavar lo chayet. Ve'ha'anat rabat we learned in the Mishnah mamzerim asurim. The Isuran Isur Olam. The Mishnah said they, they're forbidden forever. What do you mean Isur Olam? You just told me not going to live. Why does the Mishnah have to come along to me Isur Olam? If anyone is not going to be uh, such a uh, such a case, you'll never have a case of Isur Olam by Mamzerim. Amar Bizera Lididi Mefarshide Mined Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda explained it to me. Didiya Hayeh, which is a Mamzer that's known. That what he's a mamzer will live. Why? We're not worried about him intermarrying because he's known. Since he's known, everybody will keep away. So there's no reason why Hashem has to knock him off. De lo But if he's unknown, therefore there's a problem that what him and his descendants can marry into the kahal unbeknownst to us. Lo Now, will not live. We heave himself because we don't want him to marry a batisrael. Dida veloyadia, but a mamzer that's known to some people, but that's not known to all. Atlata dare haye, he will live three generations, because then already up to three generations, people will be careful. Tefe lo haye, but more than that, he will not live because since it's not so known, they'll forget. That means. Three generations, people say, hey, this guy's got a question. He's questionable. He's questionable. For three generations, people are careful. After three generations, what happens? They forget about it because it was only questionable. So they were, we have three cases. If the guy is known, X on his head, Mabzid, no problem. Let him live. It comes out, Pisulo <laughs> Kashruto. comes out because he's more Pasul, he gets to live. It's like Because he's a known Mabzid, he gets life. <laughs> but the point is, what kind of life is that? Everybody knows he's a Mamzer, nobody's going to marry him. But if the guy is uh, unknown, meaning not known at all, the lo yada, lo because we're worried that what's going to happen, he's going to intermarry. But if you have somebody that's questionable, now people keep away from questionable, but how long do they keep away from questionable? Three generations. After that, they forget, because it wasn't really, wasn't really clear in the first place. So therefore, he'll live for three generations, and after three generations... Knocks them out. Why? So they won't come to be compromising the Jewish families. Ahu. Just want to catch that she's over here. 
מדרשי ממזר די ידיע. ממזר די ידיע, לכל בברור, חיי הוא בדורותיו ולא מתמפל. זה לא ידיע כלל, לא היה אפילו הוא שלא יישא כשירה. דיידיע ולא ידיע, עד תלת דרד, זהירי אינשי חיה תפה לא חיה, דכיוון דלאו דבר ברור, הוא משתכח מלתה. ההוא דאבה בשבבותה דרבי עמה. זה מה זה ממזר? הוא לא היה נון. אבל הוא היה חייב בנהיבור של רבי עמה. אכריז עלה דממזרהו. אז רבי עמה עשה הנאונסמנט. רבותיי, so-and-so is a ממזר. So he was crying, he embarrassed me. Keep quiet, I gave you life. Because I publicized you now, now you got to thank me. I gave you life because of this now. Because now that you're a Mamzeri Adua, God's not going to kill you. Therefore, it was to his benefit. Kemara continues, Amar Abhana Barada. Netinim. These Netinim, which again was the Givonim that came And they made as if they were from a far off place, even though they were Kena'anim. And uh, therefore the law should have been that we killed them, but that Yeshua made a deal with them, and therefore did not want to break his promise and vow that he made with them. So it says, Netinim David gazar alehem. David made a gezerah that they're forbidden to come into the kahal. Shere emar, vayikra melech lagib'onim, vayomer alehem. והגבעונים לא מבני ישראל המה. That he made a gezerah, David, that they're not considered בני ישראל, and therefore they're going to be forbidden to come into the car. מה איתה אמר גזרה? What's the reason? נכתיב. ויהי רעה בימי דוד שלוש שנים. So there was a famine in the times of David for three years. שנה אחרי שנה, year after year. שנה ראשונה אמר להם, so David was trying to find out the cause. Why should there be a famine? What's the sin? Maybe people are worshipping Avodah Zarah. Dikhtim, as it says. What happens? We just read it in Kiryat Shema. Avodah Zarah causes the rain to stop. They searched and they did not find any of the Avodah Zarah. So they were still searching for the sin. Shiniyah, the second year, Amar Lahem. Maybe alayot, immorality. God refrains the rain from coming. Because they have the brazenness of a isha zona, a harlot woman. They didn't find it. Maybe there's people that are making pledges to sedakah, but they are not paying their debts. As we learned in Masechet Ta'anit, it says in Pasuk, Nesi'im, that's clouds, Veruah, and there's wind. So it looks like it's going to rain. Ve'geshim ayin, but the rain never comes, comes up. It's a false alarm. You know why? Midah connected midah. Just like these people who donate money, and they give a false alarm to the poor people, that the poor people are going to get money, and they never pay it. So Ba'alam pays midah connected midah. Ish metalel, that's a person that takes praise, v'matat shakir, in a false giving. Which is just like he <coughs> made 
the Aniim anticipate that the money is coming, but the money never came. So God brings the clouds and the wind. The people think the rain's coming, but the rain never comes. Anyway, they checked it out, but Kuvelomatsu, which is the biggest miracle of them all. They went to check the books of all the shuls, and they said they have no receivables. Everything is paid. Whoever made a pledge paid it. That's a, a nest in itself. Even bigger than the Abu Dazar and the Alayot. Amar davar talui elabi. So David said, must be something that he did. That means he's going to, it's something not about the people, it's something that the king has to deal with. So what did he do? So David went to ask God. He went to the Urim Betumim to ask, what's the reason for the famine? Where did we see that he went to the Urim Betumim? So we know that the Urim Vitumim is considered Pnei Hashem, and it's about David, he went to Pnei Hashem, so he asked Urim Vitumim. So the answer of the Urim Vitumim was, El Shaul, regarding Shaul, and regarding the house of bloods, Al Asher Hemita Givonim, because he killed the Givonim. El Shaul. First of all, this is happening because of Shaul. Shalon Nispad Kahalacha, because he was not eulogized according to the Halacha. They did not give him the proper respect in his eulogy. The Elbet Adamim, Al Asher Hemita Givonim, that's referring to Shaul himself had a sin because he killed at one point the Givonim. How did he kill the Givonim? We don't see anywhere in Tanakh that he killed the Givonim. says, no. Remember when he took the advice of Doeg and they killed the city of Nov of Kohanim? Who is supporting the Givonim? They were getting Panasa from Nov. Anyway, they starved and they ended up dying. So therefore, it's considered as if Shaul also killed the Givonim. So the Gibran is saying, wait, you're telling me that the reason why the famine happened because God is, uh, uh, has claims that Shaul was not nispad b'halacha and at the same time, <laughs> because of a sin that Shaul made? I mean, it's like contradictory. Shaul was a big sadiq. They didn't eulogize him correctly. And then it says, and the reason why not? Because he killed the uh, Givonim. Which means... Uh, at the time that they're judging a person, they also mention his good deeds. And therefore, at the same time that they were judging Shaul for his uh, mistake by killing the Givonim, they also mention his good deeds. And therefore, yes, in the place of the Mishpat is the place of the uh, God's emit. And therefore, listen, one thing, one thing doesn't wash the other. Okay, he, he killed the Givonim. But at the time, we don't forget Shaul's greatness. And therefore, Lord is Padka 
One thing's got nothing to do with the other, so it happens simultaneously. So read the uh, uh, she three lines on the bottom. Kohanim hayu. Kohanim hayu maspikim lahem mazon gibonim shayu hot peetzim veshuabe maim lemespeach kedechtiv veYoshua velo yikaret lahem hot peetzim veshuabe maim lebet Elohai. So therefore, they were they were cutting wood and they were water drawers. So they got paid from the uh, from the uh, from Novi the Kohanim. Kataba. Katab. So Amar David, so what happened? Shaul Nafkulehu Teresar Yarche Shata. Already regarding Shaul, the twelve months passed. It's really not the derech to be maspid after twelve months, and therefore this sin over here we can't fix. We're too late. That's it. We, we, we missed it. The time is up. Rashi, top line. <laughs> well, she says, forget about a year, it's about, about 30 years. It's amazing. So, you know what this Gemara teaches you? you? You don't know anything. Who would have imagined that you're going to get a famine because... 30 years prior, they didn't must be choker. So, so, so anybody that comes along and starts giving reasons why things happen, you're really, I'm an artist to talk. Would anybody have guessed it? Here, the, first of all, David, by the way, went through the normal process. First, let's check Avodah Zarah. Gidu Adayot. He went through the regular items. Okay, checked it. Things that would cause rain to stop, according to the Bible. Question on this Gemara is why did David just tell him to check the mezuzot? Okay, that, that, obviously he didn't, he, he, he didn't do that. You know, go check your mezuzot. Elawad, he looked for real sins. And then what happened? He went to the Uribe Tumim. That means even David Amelech was a Navi, could not have dreamt that there was a famine because 30 years prior somebody didn't eulogize Shaul Amelech el And when you read this Gemara, it's a reminder we know nothing. Again, we, we, he said, oh, this must be happening because so we did this. What, what from anything. By the way, it could be something that is already a 30-year-old item. You have, you have no idea. An amazing, amazing Gemara. And if David didn't know, so how are we going to know? We think we're going to know the ways of... That's why when all these things, when, when you have these people get up and they start, they can't wait to explain things. Oh, the COVID, it happened because of this and because of that. What do you know from anything? What do you know from the Gezerah? Accept the Gezerah, make the Shuvah, and uh, instead of that shame, you don't have to know why it happened. You don't have to know. You have to make yourself better. But be very careful before you start getting up and start trying to explain it. You know why, why these things are uh, the forty-five in Meron, They die because of this and because of that. What do you know from anything? Gemara uh, is reminding you that the Hashbonot are very, you know, vast in, the, in God's calculations and. You know, something in this generation can be a payback for something in the previous generation, and even the great. Prophetic eyes of King David were at a loss 
until he got the benefit of Urim Vitumim. And we don't have Urim Vitumim today in our time. So therefore, you know, Yafesh So now the Gemara comes along and says, Nitinim, but regarding the Nitinim, we, 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 we can solve that problem. Nikrinu Vinifashinu. Listen, let's call the uh, Givonim over. We'll appease them. You know, listen, tell them we're sorry, give them, uh, you know, give them an apple pie, make them, make them happy. What should we do? What could we do to appease you? That's what they asked to give on him. Which means, we don't want money. We're not asking for money. We want blood. We want people. And we don't want it from other tribes. They didn't make a sin. We want it from Shaul and his household. He's a shayim, he's gifonim. Yutan lanu shiv'a anashim ibanav voka'anum la'ashem. We want seven of his sons, of his descendants, and we're going to hang them in order to show the justice. That we tried to appease them so they won't take the seven, but it didn't work. They, they, were, not, they were not appeased. These, they're shying, these, these guys. Read that she en lanu. En lanu letbawat l'sha'ulu l'beto lo kesef lo zahab ki im nefashot. Ve en lanu lahamit b'sha'ar Yisrael ki im bizarot. Lo kanu. Okay, and let's just finish the Gemara today on a good note. Amar David said, B'nei Yisrael, there's three telltale signs that we have. Harachamanim, vehabayshanim, vegomle hasadim. Rachmanim, they have compassion. Bayshanim, that they're shy. And Gumle Hasadim, they do Chesed. Rahmanim Dikhtim, Venata Necha Rahamim, Virihamcha, Virbecha. When the Torah comes along and says that you have to uh, kill the Irani Dahat, that's against our nature. And therefore, when a person kills, what ends up happening, it causes him to become Achzar, it causes him to become cruel. So the Torah comes along and promises that don't worry, that even though I'm telling you to be cool, it will not dull your natural sense of Rahmanut. God will give you back the Rahamim that you have. The Jews will worry, I'm going to have to kill all these people. Don't worry, which teaches that B'nai Yisrael have this inyan of Rahmanut. And therefore, that the Pasuk says by Matan Torah that when Akadosh Baruch Hu spoke to B'nai Israel, we had Busha, that the fear of God was on our face. So therefore, you see, Busha and Yira go together. Uh, when a person has fear, he's embarrassed to do something. In Arabic, they say, Aib, he has Aib, you know, he feels it's, it's wrong. He has a Busha, it's a shame. 
למען אשר יצמד בניו את ביתו, אז פה אברהם אבינו, he commanded his family לעשות צדקה ומשפט. כל שיש פה שלושה סימן הללו, ראוי להידבק באומה זו. Only those that have the similar traits, and the Gibbonim obviously are cruel. Look at this, 30 years later they want to take seven, uh, seven kids and kill them. These are Akhzarim, not a match. It was at that point that David made a Gezerah, Lo Yavu Bakahal. The Gibbonim are banned from the, from the uh, congregation. Let's read this Nashit to finish it up. Harachmanim. Uh, Harachmanim. Right, they don't share the traits of B'nai Israel, and therefore we don't want them to come. So it's an amazing thing that the reason why we ban them, bad midot, because they have bad, bad character traits. You see, you see, you see it over and over again that whenever we talk about or not, it'll always come down to not actions, but midot. Again, go back to what we learned on the other Amudim, Amon and Moab. Why are they banned? Because they didn't have Hakaratatov. Uh, they didn't come and give us uh, bread and water. So that's a pegam in, not because they worshiped Abu Dazara. Abu Dazara, okay, make the Shuvah, you're fine. <coughs> not because they did Averot, but they had a pegam in Hakaratatov. And go back to the Avot when they were looking for wives for their children. What were they looking for? Midot. It didn't bother Abraham the Abu Dazarah of uh, Bet Lavan and Bet Betuel. And I will deal with the Abu Dazarah. Bring them to our side and we'll get them good. But make sure they're Hesed. Make sure that they have the right character. So you see again over and over when it comes to Shidduchim and Zivugim, how important the Torah is telling you that actions you can overlook. But Midot, when it comes to character, that already is something that it seems is more pronounced and goes into the genes and it's going to have a bigger impact on the, on the families. Okay? Stop over here. Baruch Amen.